Hey everyone, welcome to the House Church Podcast. This is Pastor Jamie here. I'm so glad you decided to join us for today's broadcast. Every time we come together as a church, people encounter God. So my prayer is that you too would experience His presence and hear His voice for yourself. Please enjoy today's message. Would you join me in prayer here as we open the word? Father, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness in our lives, Lord. God, thanks that, that the promises are true. Lord, first of all, you'll never leave us nor forsake us, no matter how dumb we can be sometimes. Lord, but, but you, you're true. You're faithful. You're kind. So, Lord, we, we enter through the door of Jesus this morning, not by our works, but in holy communion and connection with you through the way that you provided in spirit. And so, Lord, we choose this morning the mercy of Jesus cover each one. The communion of the Holy Spirit be the light to our path. Lord, I thank you for opportunity to look into your word, and I'm asking that you would release revelation, not based on ourselves, Lord, but based on your goodness. Show each one what you're doing in their life and help them, Father, to walk according to your ways. God, I thank you for this. Commit this time to you in Jesus' name. If you agree to that, you said, amen. Amen. Hey, if you got a Bible, would you please open to Psalms 119. And verse 105, Psalms 119 is a, it's like the longest run on sentence in the Bible, 176 verses. That one's a long one. If you're going to memorize a chapter in the Bible, that's the one, do it. I, I love, I really appreciate the, the journey that Psalms 119 takes the reader on there are moments of such clarity from King David. And um, you, can, you can tell this, what he's teaching or what he's sharing is coming from personal experience. The little antidotes that he's given along the way. And one of them is the, in verse 105, it's, it's something that I want us to touch on here. I got, got one point and then I have two principles to share. And so they're all, they're all connected and... Uh, Invite you on the journey here. This is Psalms 119, 105. It says, Your word is a lamp to my feet. It is a light to my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. I love this concept. I think it's amazing. There is a historical picture that goes along with it. The idea of a lamp in this time in history is not like the traditional camping lanterns. They're not really, really bright. They don't fill up a campsite. They do not have the capacity to illuminate more than the next step. The lamp to your feet, the light to your path, it's a little oil lamp. And the picture is of the the person traveling At night, you don't need light during the day. 
It's at night and on the path where you might stumble and fall. The lamp is tied to the shoe. The, the picture of, of the, the smallest of lights, not very much lumen to the lamp. Its capacity to light is linked to the next step. It's not linked to the long picture. How many have learned in your journey with the Lord that he is more than capable of talking about today and does so freely with you, but often he's not talking to you about the long-range picture? This is a really important thought, and I want to encourage you towards it. I'll make kind of several sub-points to this, but, but the, the concept of the next step is really necessary, that your path is one step at a time, that your journey needs to be entrusted to the Lord. Where you're going, where your destination is, these are not things you can control. I love goal setting. I love planning. I, I appreciate those things because I am a strategic thinker. I, I enjoy thinking about the big picture and where we fit in that. I, I think that's part of the Romans 12 gifting of a prophet, it, is that it's big picture that that grace sees. And, and the journey of that kind of thinking, of big picture thinking, is, is frankly not useful unless you can pull it back to, so what should we do now? Right? Maybe some of you know big picture people that frankly are useless to the planning committee. I don't, I'm not trying to be offensive. You have a part. If that's you this morning, okay, uh, you have a part. I have a part. It's just that, that, that when we keep pointing towards the big picture, it doesn't illuminate the next step. And as, as a leader, as, you know, somebody who has to like manage people, the church has a staff. I know that in the next step process, if, if I'm being pressed for the next step, I am capable, capable. In fact, I'm, I'm kind of good at it of letting go of the big picture to shrink it down to next steps because I can take the macro and pull it into the micro. But when I do so, it disconnects me from grace. I end up in my own flesh. I'm like, I'm making not logical conclusions. And when I make logical conclusions, they're based on the law, not based on grace. That's how I work. I can't speak for you. You know, you, you're your own person. You're on your own journey. But I can tell you what happens when you press me for next steps and I'm in big picture mode. I get frustrated. It's hard. Because you're asking me to come out of grace to figure out the next step. But there are some of us who are wired the opposite direction. You know next steps. But if I said, where are we going? What's the big picture? What's the long range vision? Where does this lead? That causes stress and anxiety. Like, ah, I don't know. Because the Lord has wired each of us differently. What I can tell you is this, that our relationship with the Lord Jesus, that our connection to the King, it is what is necessary for all of us to end up where we're supposed to be going. That it is in our connection 
that light is given to the next step. The lamp to the path. Are you alive this morning? It is revelation. That's what light is. It's illumination. It is, this is the, the, the unveiling. What was not seen is suddenly seen. So when the Lord reveals something, we have light and we can see that that, that experience, that happens in proximity to him. It happens in connection to him. He is the path of life. Our connection to Jesus is where our light comes from. I, uh, I love the, the picture of this. Your word is a lamp to my feet. Okay, so, so God talks to us. He does it through the written word because the Lord is consistent. What he said, he is still saying. He doesn't change. And so I can go to the word and I can have my path. I can have the lamp. It's the word. I, I can have the context of his word is the structure in which revelation's gonna come. And so whether that comes through a prophetic word from a friend, whether that comes from a sermon, whether it comes from you watch some television show and you started to think differently, I don't, it doesn't matter how the word came to you. It's just a vessel. But the light that illuminates your path is the process of revelation. And the light is in the context of your connection to Jesus. The light comes because he takes the word and he causes it to illuminate your next step. <laughs> personal revelation. Everybody has some. You, you have personal revelation. You read the word and you're going to get something from it. You, you hear a prophetic word and you begin to get something from it. It's funny how we can hear the same thing and come to different conclusions. We can read the same verse and end up in two very different places. And somebody might say, well, that's because you're interpreting it wrong. Actually, I'd like to maybe give a little bit of a different thought. It's that you're in relationship with the Lord and he's taking you on your journey. And in the context of your connection, he's giving you revelation or light for you to take your next step. And my next step and your next step, not the same. Where we get into trouble is where our sense of control, our sense of we know better, our sense of my version of truth is different and better than your version of truth. This is where we get into trouble is where I take my personal revelation of what Jesus is telling me and I attempt to tell you what to do with your lamp. Because it violates your will. You... The context really matters. Because if you have a boss who's in charge of a business, the business is their realm of authority. And if you're an employee, it's their job to tell you what to do with your lamp. You live within their context. 
We don't like it. We might push back a little bit. We may interpret things a little bit differently. But at the end of the day, this is how life works. When it comes to personal life, however, when it comes to decisions, and the context really matters because how you go about living your life in the light of the Holy Spirit, in the context of his word, in connection with the Lord, the Lord leading you will be consistent with his character, will be consistent with his holiness, will be consistent with who he has been all throughout history. It has not changed. The difference is that Jesus now has fulfilled the law and now your connection with him leads you in the same path the law would have had you been able to do it. You'll live a holy life because you're walking with Jesus. The light from our lamp is enough to light the next step forward often one step at a time. And I will tell you that no person sees beyond their own journey. There's this quote from the C.S. Lewis series, The Chronicles of Narnia. And it's about this interaction that one of the four Pevensies, the four children, who get pulled into the land of Narnia, they're having this interaction with Aslan. If you know the series, you know that Aslan is a type of Jesus and the children are our journeys. And it's a wonderful metaphor. It's a, it's a fun story. If you've never read them, you totally should. They're great, okay? C.S. Lewis was a theologian disguising himself as an author. It's true. Brilliant guy. There's this interaction with one of the kids in Aslan and, and the kid is asking about one of their siblings' journeys. And they're going, hey, what about him? What about, what, about, what about what's happening with that person? And Aslan interrupts and goes, listen, child, I'm talking to you about your journey. No one knows the journey of another. Where we get things like spiritual abuse, where we get... Frankly, charismania, not actual, true, authentic, spirit-filled Christianity. Charismania. Where we get that is where people who have a little glimpse of light interpret someone else's journey and try to tell them what to do. No. As much prophetic light you think you have, you do not have any understanding of another person's journey. You see in part, you are prophesying in part. And wow, to assume that you know what someone else should do. Jeez. You, you, wow. I can't even figure out what I'm supposed to do for myself, but you're going to tell me what to do? Whoa. You feel that? Man, that's heavy. That, that's the sign of, ah, you probably should pull back. You aren't, you're not interpreting the prophetic word correctly. We're here to add value to someone's journey. We're not here to try to control someone's journey. Amen. That's a great place to amen right there. When the Lord speaks to you, you should assume he's talking to you, that he's not talking to you about the world. 
This is my favorite thing, okay? This is my favorite thing. It, it, well, I say favorite thing. I don't really mean favorite thing. I actually mean, I really loathe this. This is the opposite of favorite things, actually. This is the thing that disgusts me about Christianity, actually. Disgusts me. That, that we assume that we can interpret others' journeys and that we should be in charge of other people's journeys. And that when the Lord is talking to us about something, that that means we should apply it to control others. And so the Lord's conviction about something in your life is not an invitation to preach to others. It's truth. You don't have to like me for it. That's it's, it's why, it's why in, in sermons, I don't talk about sin, like trying to tell you what you can and can't do. This, we don't go there. I don't know if you've realized that about this house. That's not how we, we talk. We talk in terms of wisdom. We talk in terms of the kingdom. We talk in terms of journey and connectedness with the Lord and you learning how to follow the Holy Spirit because that's actually what's necessary for life because he is the way. It, it's not the right path, like the correct path. I'll actually tell you that what you think is the correct path is nonsense. That's saying something since I am like a, a OCD control freak. What you think is the right path is just a path. It's not all the right paths. And when you interpret what God has said to you as if you're ta- that God's talking to someone else, you misinterpret what God's saying to you. Because if the application is towards somebody else, you miss the whole point. When the Lord's talking, he's talking to you. He's not talking to you about someone. He's talking to you. So, so in your next time and encounter and you're reading the word and you're like, oh, that's what's messed up about the government. No. Knock, knock, pudding head. That's what's messed up about you. That's you. God's not inviting you to convict the government. The only thing he's possibly inviting you to is to pray. Thanks, Dad. I knew I'd get an amen out of you. Like, <laughs> When we share revelation, its first application has to be personal. This is what God said to me. And then what's amazing about the lamp to the feet is that it is a light to your path. And there's not enough light to tell somebody else where to go. But, but there is enough light to give somebody else hope that there's a path. See, because people see your light and the way that you're going, and they go, oh, and the Lord gives them hope. And they go, oh, I need to connect with the Lord because the Lord will show me where to go. The church is the light of the world. The light of the world is not meant to control people's paths. It's meant to give hope and show the way. And what's the way? Is the way, do it right. No, that's the law. And that led all of us to death. No, the light is Jesus, the way. So this is what's so amazing about this, that we can just go, I don't know how to try to control anybody. Dang, can you imagine if all you were responsible for was you? <laughs> this is how much easier life would be? Yeah. 
It's a mystery, the lamp, the light. The light shines, but not very far into darkness. Not enough for you to tell other people what to do, but it's enough for you to know your next step. But when the people around you see your light, they get hope for their journey. So just worry about you. Just worry about you. And let trust towards the Lord that the Holy Spirit is in other people's lives leading them on their journey. If we don't, all it says is that you don't trust God. That's all it says. I can say, hey, I don't trust you. But what I really mean is I don't trust the Holy Spirit is telling you enough. So I need to step in here because clearly you're not hearing God. No. No. It's quiet in here today. All right. Okay. That was the point. Two principles. You ready? (laughs) The principles are this. So in light of this, all puns intended, what are choices that I can make? What, What do I do? Genesis 1 verse 5 lays out this amazing framework. Let me just read the verse for you. Genesis 1.5, it says, And there was evening and there was morning on the first day. God called the light day, the darkness he called night, and there was evening and there was morning day one, one day. There was evening and then there was morning. I just want to talk to you about the order of your day. Today started last night. And there's a reason for that, and I want to highlight it, and it happens in how God feeds Israel as they're in the wilderness. Okay? And so this is the biblical pattern. By the way, this all changed. We started seeing a day as the break of morning. We started seeing a day as morning tonight during the reign of Julius Caesar. It happened in 45 BC. We know it because this is the way that time began to be chronicled. Before this, it's there was night and then there was morning. The day ends with the sun going down, not the birth of the next. Exodus chapter 16, verse 11. Exodus 16, 11. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, I have heard the grumblings of the sons of Israel. Speak to them and say, at twilight, you're going to eat meat. And in the morning, you'll be filled with bread. Which meal came first, the chicken or the egg? Okay, at twilight, you'll eat meat, and in the morning, you'll be filled with bread, and you will know that I am the Lord your God. So it came about at evening that quail came up and covered the camp. In the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. 
And when the layer of dew evaporated, behold, the surface of the wilderness, there was a fine flake-like thing, fine as the frost on the ground. And when the sons of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, it's the bread which the Lord has given you. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, every man, as much as you want to eat. You shall take an omar apiece to measurements, enough to fill you. According to the number of persons each in your tent. So here's your family size. Take at least this much. The sons of Israel did so. And some gathered much and some gathered little. When they measured it with an omar, he who had gathered much had no excess, and he who had gathered little had no lack. That's a miracle. In other words, you'll get exactly what you need. You're going to get whatever you need. Moses said to them, no man should leave any of it until morning. But they didn't listen. And some left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and became foul, and Moses was angry with them because nobody wants a stinky camp. They gathered it morning by morning, every man as much as he should eat, and when the sun grew hot, it would melt away. Two principles, okay? It is the idea of meat and the idea of bread. This is not a new concept to the house. Church have talked about this before, but again, I want to do this in light of the order of the day and also that, that in this day where we say there's lots of darkness outside, great darkness is covering the earth, darkness the people, that the lamp to your feet and the light to your path is so important. There's no need to fear Israel was in the middle of the wilderness and there was nothing to eat. There was not a source to gather from. And yet their clothes did not wear out. They lived under a cloud by day and a fire by night. That meant air conditioning and forced heat. They they didn't lack anything. They lived under the promise of the Lord. There was no lack for food. There was no lack for water. There was no lack. They had his provision. There's no reason to fear. But there is a lot of reason to walk the path that he has in front of you. It's not that there's not pitfalls to life. There are. Can you trip? Can you fall? Yeah. Can you make decisions that are painful? Yeah. Like stubbing your toe. Ouch. Right? Is there a world that has evil in it? Yup. Where is it? It's in the darkness. That's why you should walk by the light. Can I say something that might tick you off? Sure, why not? You don't mind. (laughs) Why are we trying to cast devils out of the darkness? That's where they're, they live, yeah. And we're so upset about like when they affect us. And I would say, hey, you know what? If you just walk by the light and you stop messing with stuff that's outside of your path, you actually... No, there's like four claps. That means you were thinking about this statement. That's just fine. I'm okay with this, but I am telling you that your job is to walk with the Lord. It's not to control the world. That's our job. 
that we are a city on a hill and that he's casting light, that's giving hope in the darkness. And he is the way, he is the truth, he is the way to life. It won't be because we control the outcomes of things and it won't be because we try to cast every demon out of darkness. Light illuminates the path and we take steps and the Lord is with us And it was so every step of the way for Israel as long as they just walked by the light. They get themselves into trouble when they veer off path and try to do stuff they weren't being asked to do. Mm -hmm. Evening is the big meal. Morning is bread. Meat and bread. Here's the principle. At the evening, or at the, like what we right now would refer to as the end of the day, like this is an opportunity for you to meditate on the word, for you to eat a bigger meal. Can I just encourage you, like if you will, if you will think thoughts, if you will invite the Lord into your thinking, if you will read his word, if you will, if you, if you will receive the sustenance of what God's doing in your life. If you open the door of fellowship to your evening meal and Jesus will come in and commune with you. If you, if you unlock your life in this regard, that, that you are purposing to receive the meat of the word and it has to do with your household, your household. That, that what happens is you will be nourished through the evening Your subconscious will meditate on his word and he will produce in you what is necessary to sustain your life. What was spent during the day will be recovered. What it cost you and everything that was difficult about the day, if you go and you spend time with the Lord in the evening, he will nourish and strengthen you and by the time you get up the next day, you're ready to go. You rest and out of rest you work. That is the order of creation. When we burn ourselves out during the day and then we go to the Lord, at, if, we, if we spend our life, if we run and we pursue and you burn yourself out and then you go to the Lord and you're like, oh, am I so burned out? He's going to tell you, you should have listened to that sermon that Pastor Jamie preached. <laughs> because it's out of the rest that you should know what to do. He'll talk to you. He'll he'll set your day in motion. Commune with the Lord in the evening. And, And you might say, well, I'm more of a morning person. Awesome. Just understand the principle. You apply it whatever way you want. In the morning, there's bread. It's called, what is it? That's what manna means. What is it? It's, it's bread. And, and whatever you take, it will always be the perfect amount for the light during the day. It will always be the perfect amount. This is my interpretation. Again, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you that here's the principle, is that when I get up in the morning, I don't have to have a huge quiet time, and I'm not trying to discover some mystery about God. I'm literally just trying to get bread for the day, because I know that when I enter my day, 
that I'll have exactly what I need from him if I just connected with him in the morning. I don't always have energy and length of time in the morning. I just know that I just need to connect with him. I, I do. And whatever I can grab will be enough. I know it. I've lived this principle so often. For me, all I do, honestly, is I read the proverb every morning. That's it. I read the proverb every morning, and there's always something in the proverb that's like catches my attention. And I'll read it, and I'll go, oh, that must be the bread for today. And I'll, I'll look at it, I'll mull it over. Normally, it's just like straight up wisdom. It just breaks it off. Hey, if something happens like this, you should do that. It's pretty easy. But I got some bread. I connected with the Lord. And without fail, every single time I do this, during the day, I will have somebody come up to me, and the problem or the issue that they're facing, the answer for it, was the bread. This doesn't have to be complicated, walking with the Lord. You should have a quiet time. I recommend you do in the evening. Have a quiet time. Eat meat. You've got to have some place in your day where you are being nourished and you're wrestling with God. You're, you're sitting down to a big steak. Paul said that there is the meat of the word and there is the milk of the word. You know what the difference between milk and meat is? Are you familiar with this concept? I guess I shouldn't assume this. There's a, this, Paul is referring, he's talking to one of the churches. He's going, listen, I'm kind of sick of just continuing to give you milk. I wish I could talk to you about real things, but you're babies. You can't chew and digest the meat, so I can't talk to you about real issues. So I have to digest myself and produce revelation and feed it to you in a bottle. The difference between milk and meat, don't be offended by this, is you get milk on Sunday morning. You, sometimes you guys walk away and you go, oh, that was such a steak. No, it wasn't. I digested it for you. It was milk. Go get your own dang side of beef. Have conversations with God. Go deep. Ask big questions. Wrestle. Grow. This isn't something wrong. This is just how the order, like, I, I, we all have to have this. It, it's, it goes beyond routine. It is, it is connectedness in spirit with our God. The way to life is by walking with Jesus. It's not by figuring it out and doing things right. It's just by walking through the door of connectedness with him in spirit. It is receive the mercy of the cross because, frankly, you cannot fulfill the law. Every argument we have, the church against the world, is always, the world isn't doing it right. Duh. <laughs> Neither are you. Doesn't mean we don't do something about it. What we do is we let the Holy Spirit grow us and we shine light. And we let him, the savior of the world, bring redemption through our lives. I'm telling you, life gets way easier if you just stop trying to control other people. You just focus on you. You'll become a better person. I'll become a better person. We all will become better people. 
It'll be great. It's hope. It's life. Connect with the Lord. I mean, honestly, it boils all down to this. Like, I don't know what your quiet times look like, but have one. If you, if you need me to tell you exactly what to do, this is high level, okay? It's high level. I'm, we're, we're talking bigger picture here. Like, have a quiet time. If you need specifics, talk to my dad. He'll tell you what to do. He's really good at it. Teacher. Gifted. Teacher. Set it in order. Tell you exactly how to do the Bible study. Awesome. Look it up online. Find anything. Have a Bible reading plan. Do something. Connect with the Lord. Watch as God illuminates your path and gives hope to others. Starts transforming your life. Amen? All right, would you jump to your feet? There was like two more pages of notes, but eh, you got it. It's mostly just tell me telling you what to do, so that's not. Japan, your own heart. That was a joke. Was, yeah. Lord, we need you. We need you. I, I, the first to confess, Lord, that I don't know the right way for other people to live their life, but I do know that every time I walk with you, there's life. I know that when I am filled with the life of Christ and his love, that I'm a better dad. I know that when I'm filled with the light of Christ and his love, that, that I can love my wife better, that I'm a better employee, that, that I lead better, that I preach better for sure. So many aspects, Lord, every aspect of life is good when I don't overcomplicate it. I just walk with you. I thank you, God, that you've wired each one differently. And from those who see long distance and big picture, praise God that you exist. Thank you, Lord, that you, you're with us and that you've granted grace for people to see like that, strategically, all that. And God, I thank you also for Lord, the smallest and most minute details and the next step and everything that is exacting, that, that you grant grace through people for us to know those things. God, I thank you that, that holistically as a body, as we're walking in unity with you and in love with one another, Lord, that we, we're better we're better people. We shine more light. Good happens. And I thank you and I praise you, God, that you have taken the mysteries of creation and you've given it into the stewardship of such simple-minded people. Thank you. God, I praise you today. I praise you for the mystery of Christ. And I pray that it would unlock for people. Holy Spirit, you'd breathe on each life. Lord, in the days ahead, that as they open your word, that the Holy Spirit, you'd breathe on it for people. As they connect with one another and people speak to one another, they would recognize your voice, God, and, and the lamp would be unlocked. The word would be given. And Lord, I thank you that in connection with you, that light is released, that we know what to do, but it's always in connection to you. So I thank you, Father, for this reality. I bless your people today. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you.
May his grace be upon your life. His light of his countenance be upon you. May he be gracious to you and grant you peace. That you live your life in this great confidence of walking with him. Walk in the spirit. I thank you for that, Father. I bless your people today in the mighty name of Jesus. And anybody who dared to agree with that said, come on, can we give a good clap to the Lord this morning? Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. It's our hope that God touched your life in a truly meaningful way. And if you were impacted, please let us know by writing a review or share it with friends. If you'd like more information on The House Church, we would love to connect you with our community. Please visit us at ithehouse.org for more information. We'll see you next week.